if you were ever to say, I have no fraud, I can guarantee you right now you're losing money. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is Chris, your host here with Currency Cloud. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Ted Huff from Global OnePay. Ted, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. And Ted is the Vice President of Product over at Global OnePay. And if you could, Ted, give us, uh, our listeners, a quick background of, of your story and then what you're doing over at Global OnePay. You know, uh, my story is kind of one that seems to be most common when you, when you talk about payment. I'm an accidental payments guy. Then I became an accidental product guy. Uh, so it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, I like to solve problems, dive into things, figure out what works, what doesn't work, and uh, solve people's problems. So that that's the big piece that I've been doing. Been in the industry for, uh, well, just at 19 years as of this month. So it's been a, a long road and lots of fun learning as things have changed over the last few years. Yeah, of course. And I guess you picked the right industry to deal with um, some problems and challenges to to face and learning out ways to fix those as uh, here we are in the fintech industry creating uh, ways to do so. But then again, for us to create barriers, um, to, to take down barriers for, for our customers. So I guess, uh, you know, as you did mention over the last few years, um, I guess the payments landscape has changed a, a bit. And um, for you guys at Global One Pay, where do you see the biggest challenges for your customers within uh, the, the fintech landscape? Well, Chris, we, uh, the, the first thing I'd like to hit on is, is the fact that four years ago, just four short years ago, the, the amount of business that was being done online in the form of shopping or purchases was below the 4% mark. And then now, in, in looking into the next couple of years, it, it's going to be reaching anywhere from 8 to 9% in, in the next coming years. And, and I, I believe that it's going to explode even faster than that shortly thereafter. And what that ends up starting to do is as you start to do more business there, that means that's where all the fraud goes. That's where all the things start to go wrong. And because you don't have that physical presence you don't have that person in front of you handing you that card, and you don't get to see that body language of someone who might be a criminal trying to use a fake card. You really have to start to figure out different ways to protect yourself as a business and doing that. And I think that's what's really starting to happen now is the growth has continued to happen. It's no longer a fad. And so the businesses are like, okay, I'm going to start to take this seriously. And that's that's really what we at Global One Pay have really started to do. We are a global payment platform. We support uh, over 80, 180 countries, 80 plus currencies. Uh, we, we support merchants all over the globe and businesses all over the globe to accept that payment. And then because we understand how important it is to keep that money, we have a, a product fraud suite, uh, a fraud product suite that just came out um, that we're going to continue to expand on to really break that down for everybody. Yeah, if you could um, just give us a little bit of a background, I guess, on on the fraud and how you guys are starting to tackle that, it, just at a high level overview uh, about yeah. you know, your scope of it. Yeah, I mean, the way that we approached it is there there are 
a handful of factors that come into play. And, you know, I mentioned the personal touch isn't there, but with the number of factors that are in place, like what, what's called friendly fraud, which is kind of not a good way to put it, um, but there's friendly fraud. And then you have the true criminal fraud that come into play. And that that's really where it makes it really hard to discern between the two. And we're, we're trying to give the merchants the necessary uh, controls and security around that. So how do you determine the, you know, what comes in as friendly fraud? I know it'd be probably tools that you guys put in place, but is it based on, you know, um, common themes? Is it based on rules that you have to in play? Um, if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so, so one of the things that we've done is we, we, we realize that there are many steps in the process. So if, if you layer things on, it really helps you to, to identify the friendly fraud outside of the criminal fraud. Typically, you don't find out about friendly fraud until after it has happened. So an example of friendly fraud is that I order a, an item online, I get it. And I say that one, I didn't get it. That's a mo that's a common one. Or two, it isn't as it was described on the website that I bought it from. Now, both of those may be true, but in a lot of cases, it's just that that person has had buyer's remorse at that point and doesn't doesn't want to go through the process of returning the item. And that's what's considered friendly fraud. So, what our systems are designed to do is to look at the transactions as they come in, from where they come in from, the types of data that they're using. We work with a, a level of consortium data to manage that across multiple different groups that we all work together in to share that data. Then what we do is we, we look at that information and, and, and move forward with it. The other piece that we have in play also is to try and minimize that risk with each business is that we have a program where we can look at the at the fraud cases that they have internally and we'll go through and do a full analysis of that understand what it is it could be as simple as the way that it's worded on their website their their return policy it could be the description of the item it could be the way that the item is placed on the screen our team will go through and do a full analysis of that to reduce that. And we, we do very well at reducing that rate. On top of that, we go ahead and we fight that for them with the credit card brands. And we fight everything that comes in. We don't pick and choose because by, by fighting everything, what we're able to do is, is set a precedence that we aren't just sitting back and letting it happen. We are trying to fight the fraudsters. We're trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And by doing that, that sets a reputation and really starts to drive that down. We've partnered with, with companies like Chargebacks 911 um, mm -hmm. to really help with that piece of it. Uh, we also partnered with a company called Threat Metrics on the front end side of that to identify the criminal fraud. And then we have some other technology that we're working on internally around some machine learning and artificial intelligence to really bring all that together and to provide a, a really seamless product set. Yeah, that sounds like an excellent product for merchants. And, and as they come in and, and accept to use Global One Pay, for you guys, do you see yourself having to convince the merchant that um, you're willing to go in and help them? Um, you know. How, go along that process and how what it takes to kind of walk through the merchant kind of as a consultant with this to be able to 
create uh, better friction uh, for them to uh, against tough fraud. Yeah, I, I think I would word it a different way. What, what can we do to reduce the friction they have with their customers? Because a lot of time the fraud that happens is due to friction that they've in put in place, maybe for, for a reason they feel it is a good reason, uh, but it may be causing the friction which could, which could be causing the fraud. And being able to sit down and, and look at and analyze the information that they have around their chargebacks around the way that their business processes are set up. Typically speaking, by doing that, we aren't committing to helping them solve the problem right away. We're saying, let us let us see if we can help. And we don't try and give them tools that aren't going to help them. So if they don't have a lot of friendly fraud, then we, we don't we don't bring in the friendly fraud team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if they're getting a lot of counterfeit cards or they're getting chargebacks for criminal fraud, then we're, we're going to dive in and say, okay, well, let, let's see if we can stop the bad ones that we know from, from our consortium partners that we know are bad. And let's stop it there. And let's try that and see if that helps. And so by being able to piece and part it and not signing into this huge commitment, it's like, let's see what works for you. And if it doesn't work, let's not use it. Don't waste the time. Don't waste the money. Don't waste the energy. Let's just figure out what works for you. And having that customizable, very customer centric focus around what's right for them. That's what, because that ends up being what's right for us. Yeah, that makes sense. And as you guys are, as you did mention, um, you know, basically covering um, the world in your currencies and countries, um, do you see certain areas that are um, more impacted than others? You know, obviously there are higher risk um, areas in in jurisdictions, but um, compared to here in the States, uh, making this a global play, uh, where do you see the, I guess, uh, reduction or increase um, currently? You know, some of the things like... um Mexico is actually the leading <laughs> country for fraud in, in North America. Um, their fraud rate in e-commerce is well above uh, 2.3%, uh, which in comparison to the U.S. And, and North America, which is only 1.6%, mm. you know, and then you have Asia that's, that's even higher at 3.6%. Africa, 4.3%. As you can see, all around the globe, North America has the best handle on fraud right now, which is kind of interesting because we were the last country in the world, or U.S. was the last country in the world to adopt the EMV, that little chip inside of your credit card. We were the last ones to do it, but isn't that kind of interesting that we already had the lowest rate of fraud attacks? It, it just it's really, really interesting that, that that is the case there. It is. And I guess to go along those lines, when there is a breach, what kind of processes are in place or for the merchant and then you know what, for what your team does to kind of bring this back and, and bring uh, the company back uh, to be able to settle the breach? So when, when it comes to breaches, um, we leverage a number of different assets. Uh, to, to, to help them. Our, our goal is to, to not have that breach happen, not to have that fraud be perpetrated upon them uh, right out of the gate because online fraud on, on average ranges anywhere from 0.3% up to 3% uh, of total revenues for businesses in North America. And if you're an e-commerce merchant, 
you're going to see, you know, between one and a half to one and three quarter percent if you're if you're an e-commerce focused company. So stopping it ahead of time is is the key piece to it. After it's happened, uh, you're you're going to have a, a really really hard time solving for that. Solving for that. It, it in most mm. cases, uh, businesses cease to exist after that they've had a physical breach. Got it. So the tools that are in place to prevent that is is basically what you're creating and and kind of giving uh, the merchants this type of uh, ammunition basically to to block uh, these types of breaches to keep uh, the business alive. Well, I mean that is that is one part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Is is to is to block it before it happens. And I I want to kind of go in is the blocking the when, when we talk about breaches. Physical breaches into security systems. The only way to stop that is is to have great security practices and procedures in place. We we do offer PCI compliance products as well to really keep that in check and really help a business through that. Whether it be through penetration testing, whether it be through questionnaires, uh, QSA services, we we have the ability to provide that. But that isn't where a majority of our fraud comes from. A majority of the fraud for the merchants comes from someone claiming to make a valid transaction when it either is a stolen credit card or if they have decided to commit friendly fraud. So that's where we spend most of our time is is managing that piece of it. So identifying the, the fraudsters coming in, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm analyzing the data so that we don't let them in again. The friendly fraud guys are guys that have made it through the gate that maybe we didn't catch. We pump that data right back into the system so we can make a better decision next time. And the funny part is that if, if you were ever to say, I have no fraud, I can guarantee you right now you're losing money. Because if you have no fraud, that means you have things so tight that not even the good guys can get through. Right. You have- you, you have to have fraud. You have to have things coming back. You have to have all those things because then you know that you don't have it so tight. So really what it comes into is identifying what is your threshold. So as a merchant, as a business, what is my threshold? How much am I willing to lose if I can get more? So you have to start to look at that ratio and start to work through it. And our team can really help to identify what that looks like as we go through the process with them. Yeah, and you know that's a really good point to 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 close on, uh, Ted, because um, that's something that you know, especially merchants come in, they um, don't want to be able to accept anything as far as fraud goes. So you're right; it kind of tightens what the acceptance levels are and who you're bringing into the table, um, rather than giving that uh, minimal exposure to be able to prevent that. So that's a really you know really good point. It's uh, interesting to see what you guys are doing over there. Yeah. So thanks again for joining the show. If you could. Uh, the best way to contact you and your team for our customers? Yeah, the best way to contact myself and my team. So I, you have uh, my personal uh, contact. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all at, at Ted Huff, two Ds, two Fs. If you're looking for these security products and services, you can always reach out to us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn at Global One Pay. Perfect. Well, Ted, appreciate you coming on the show today. It was really good input for our listeners. Um, and I hope you had, uh, had some good conversation with us over here. No, it was great. Thanks, Chris. I really appreciate talking to you guys. Same here. Speak soon, Ted. See you. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. 
Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.